Welcome to the weekly message from Encounter, where the past has no future and hope is reborn. Our speaker today is Bishop Michael Rice, lead pastor at Encounter. Ken, I'm going to throw you a curveball. I just, just forget everything I gave you, okay? Um, God just a few moments ago dropped this into my spirit. From this point forward, and that had nothing to do with what I was going to preach. So, um, I think it's in Philippians chapter 3. Let me see. Yes. Um, listen, there's, there's, there's at least one and maybe more than one that if you will allow the Holy Spirit to speak to your heart, if you will press aside every distraction, God has chosen to change something for you today. But like, like the, the woman at the well when Jesus said, if you only knew the gift, if you knew the gift today, that God has for you and, and what he wants to do, okay? Philippians chapter 3, Ken, verses 12, 13, and 14. From this day forward, Paul says this, verse 12, Philippians 3. Not that I have already attained or am already perfected. But I press on that I may lay hold of that for which Christ Jesus has also laid hold of me. Brethren, I do not count myself to have apprehended. But one thing I do. Forgetting those things which are behind. And reaching forward. To those things which are ahead. I press. Toward the goal for the prize. Of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Father, I just ask you to touch us in a, in a supernatural way today. I claim your heart's desire for everybody in this building. You weren't playing games with us, God, when you said that we could pray and your will would be done on earth as it is in heaven. You were looking for agreement, Father. And so, Father, we come in agreement with your will today in Jesus' name. Holy Spirit, 
I always need you, but I really need you today. Amen. From this day forward, you and I stand in the here and the right now. We are constrained in life to this moment. We are not promised tomorrow. We are not even promised the rest of today. We are, we are confined to this moment of right now. This moment. We, we can't even go back to an hour ago. I, I, I came through the hallway and my mind was distracted on things and I shook hands with a few people and I walked right by somebody and he caught my attention. He said, well, what about me or something to that effect? And I said, I'm sorry, I thought you were John. And I, and I had already greeted John twice today and that's about all I can take in one day. And then he was more upset. He said, you, you thought I was John? But I've made it right with George, okay? He's, he, he, he understands. I, I, I can't even go back and, and, and fix that. And I, I can't go back and fix what I did yesterday or last week. Or last month, or ten years ago, I, I can't go back. And 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 you know what? Neither neither can you. And neither can the person who did you wrong. Even if they wanted to go back and undo it, they can't. And here's. The, the tension of the right now is God wants us to live in the moment and to look forward. Our adversary wants us to ruin this moment by looking back. Because there's nothing you can do to change what you did. Nothing. There is no amount of crying. There's no amount of pleading. There is no amount of sacrifice. There is no amount of money you can do. Go and fix what you've already done. And neither can the person that hurts you. And the enemy loves. I just had a picture in my mind that Chinese finger trap. Do you remember those? I've not seen one since I was 10 years old, I think. You. You know, you, you stick it on your finger and, and you stick your other finger in it. How many know what I'm talking about? And then when you try to pull, the enemy is always putting God's people into Chinese finger traps. And you, 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 you stick your finger, your hopes in something from your past being remedied. But you and I and nobody else can go back and fix that. Nothing that can be done. What happened to you or what you did is a historical fact that will never change. 
But he likes us to get to the place where if we just pull hard enough, we'll get free. But, but if you know the, the, the intricacy of a Chinese finger trap, the harder you pull, the tighter it gets. And there is at least one person in this room today that you are yearning, you're pulling so hard to go back and change something you did wrong. Or you're here and, and you're wishing that that person would come to you and make it right. But, but you're looking in the wrong direction. You and I are in the right now. And I, I can tell you from a, from a man that's had to work through a lot of pain. And am still working through things. I can tell you that nothing is more depressing than to be facing the wrong direction. To be looking back and thinking, why did they do that? And, and why did I do that? Anybody know what I'm talking about? And, and wishing I could have and wishing they had and wanting them to say or to do the right thing. And there's nothing you and I can do and there's nothing they can do. Forget about it. Forget about it. You know how you get your finger out of the Chinese finger trap? You quit pulling. Quit trying to pull your past into the right now so that you can fix it. Quit trying to pull your past into the right now so they can fix it. Because they can't. And nothing is so life-draining as to be in a situation where you can't do anything about it. The Bible says that the enemy's last day's plans for the people of God is this. He seeks to wear out the saints of God. And by wearing out the saints of God, he will change times and laws. You look up that wear out and you've heard me say it before. It is a slow, constant grinding. It is an underwear full of sand. That's a picture. Take that home and think about it for a minute. I like going to the beach. I don't like sand in my swim shorts. You know what I'm talking about. It just grinds on you. And the enemy wants to get you and I looking to what we did yesterday or what was done to us 10 years ago because it wears you out. It drags you down. And when you turn in that direction, the bottle begins to beckon. And the habits that are life-damaging begin to beckon. 
And the pornography and the affairs begin to beckon. And the retreat and the engagement of things that are not life-altering begin to beckon. And pretty soon you're, you're trying to fix the person in the mirror because you can't fix the person in the heart. And if I can just take the right selfie and get some, some likes on Facebook to fix what I feel in here and, and there's never enough likes. And you got 10 likes with this selfie and 15 likes with that one, but then you get nine with that one, you say, what's wrong with me? No, I'm not speaking from experience. I don't have the courage to take a selfie and put it on Facebook. Just being honest with you, not sure what would happen. That's why when you see pictures of me on Facebook, it's with my wife. So that people are distracted. Okay? (laughs) They don't notice me. I'm just there holding her up. And when the enemy gets you and I looking at the impossible, looking at what we can't change, we lose our drive. We lose our joy. We lose our faith. We lose our, our, our desire to just go forward. So Paul said in these verses, listen, I've learned something because... In my heart of hearts, I want to move forward. Anybody in here want to move forward? He said, I want, I want to move forward. And, and I, I, listen, guys, he said, I'm, I'm telling you this. I'm, I'm not perfect yet. Is there anybody else in this room that's not perfect? I can join Paul in that. I, I'm not perfect yet. I've, I've made some progress, and I'm, I'm still seeing God do a thing in my heart. And he said, I'm not telling you I've attained it all. I'm not telling you I'm perfect, but I, I want to tell you I, I, in my desire to press on, I learned this one thing. I got to let go of all that. I don't, I don't have to deal with it. Listen to me. I don't have to get a psychiatrist or a therapist to take me back to walk through that. I, I, I just got to forget about it. I got to shut the door for everything that's more than a second old in my life. And I'm going to stand in the right now and I'm going forward. Because that is set in stone, but that is waiting for me. And what a freedom that brings when you can get that past here and down into here and you're not looking for. Many, 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 many years ago, I had a pastor. Before my wife and I were in the ministry, we had a pastor. I, I could have swore he could walk on water. He did our wedding. He, he prayed with me when I received the Holy Spirit. He gave me my first chance to preach or to teach. He believed in me, empowered in me. We, we did visitation together. We were like this. And one day, God gave me a word for him, and I shared it with him. 
And he assured me that the devil was playing games with my head and it wasn't true. But then just days later, he just literally in front of the whole congregation kicked us out. Within a year, he was in prison for the very thing I warned him about. Other than his mom and one other fellow, nobody visited him in prison, but God gave me the grace. But part of what drove me, I'll be honest with you, is I wanted him to look me in the eye and say he was sorry. Because he knows what really happened. He lost out with God and he got ugly and bitter. And I did my best to keep visiting him and he gave his heart back to God. And he began to lead Bible studies and he had a a passion about him again. And there came a time when I, I, I got to that moment. He's... He's months away from being released here from prison. He's been in there nine years and we're sitting around having a heartfelt conversation in the visiting room in the prison. And and finally, I just said, listen, Pastor, I got to ask you, man. He goes, I know. I said, how could you do that to me? Why did you do that to me? You just flat out lied about me. And I came to you sincerely, one-on-one. Nobody knew about that conversation but you and I. My wife, 10 years later, didn't know what had taken place. I said, nobody knew about that conversation. Nobody knew. I knew what God showed me because I prayed for you every day. How could you do that to me? One of the most anticlimactic days of my life. I really expected there to be some huge release. And he said, Mike, you scared me. You knew about my sin that nobody else knew about. And, and I, I thought that, that if I just made you out to be a troublemaker and a liar, that if you ever did come out with it, nobody would believe you. He said, I was wrong. I shouldn't have done that. I apologize. And I wish I could tell you that that moment brought such huge relief to me. I'd waited for nine years for that. It brought nothing. It brought nothing. He was sincere when he said it. It brought nothing. Why? I had spent nine years looking backwards. And it wasn't until almost two years later as I'm going through my life and all of a sudden, you know, the, 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 the remembrance of that whole ugly ordeal. And we were going through something in the church and there were some people that were lying about me and it just kind of resurrected what happened with my pastor. And, and I'm wrestling with that. And I said, God, what do I do with all this junk? I said, I, I know he said he was sorry, but I'm still mad at him. I'm still upset. It, it's still wrong. He's not gone back to all those people that thought I was a liar and a troublemaker. He's not told all of them. And 
So what do I do with it? Forget about it. (laughs) When I set my heart to forget about it, I became free. I've had people that have done me wrong like you have, that have never said they're sorry. I'm not going to be a slave to their actions. And I've done wrong to people, and I don't want them to be a slave to my actions. So Paul said, listen, I understand. You want to press on? You, you want to you know why you're here? About three years ago, I posted on Facebook, how dare you no- die without knowing why you were here in the first place? You have the right to know Why you're here. Every one of you are a purpose and a destiny from God. Wrapped in a human life. And you you need to know why you're here. Come on, that's good stuff. And Paul says, I I didn't want to spend all of my life wondering about why they did that. and, And why did I do that? And I don't trust them. And I don't trust me. And I can't trust anybody anymore. He said, I I figured out that the the, the secret to pressing on, the secret to finding out the reason I'm here in the first place is to forget those things which are behind. You may have heard the story happened in the Swiss Alps many, many years ago. And there was one particular train run where the train had to go up several steep inclines and a mountainous passes. And and so trains can push and pull at the same time. They would put an engine at the front of the train and they would put an engine at the back of the train. And so that way it was both pulling and pushing. and, And the train entered a long tunnel and it was, there had been some, some, some moisture and it had down on the tracks and the, the wind and the temperature were just right that it, it got icy. And the train engines, they have, the old ones have sand that they drop on the tracks to gain traction. And, and they were trying to get their way through this tunnel and, and it, they weren't making traction and so they stopped. And there was poor communication between the front engine and the back engine and The back engine thought they were going to try to continue forward. And the front engine thought they were going to try to back out of the tunnel and go back a ways and build up some speed. And so they began to move, put the the thrusters on the engines. And the, the back train is moving forward and the front train is moving backward. And they sat in the tunnel and they poured out that black smoke from the coal engines and killed everybody in the passenger cars. And the enemy does that to you and I today. I want to go forward. I want to be something. I want to do something for God. But I can't get over that. Is that familiar to anybody? I want to go forward. I know that God's called me. But if God's called me, how could I have done that? Anybody? 
And this, 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 this one thing. I like God. He's so simple. One thing. I need him to just give me one thing. Don't give me two. We got a TV with, and, 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 and cable and an Xbox. And then a sound system to hook up to the TV. We've had it for 10 years and finally got it hooked up. Mike Nemchep came over to hook it up for us. He said, you sure you want to hook this up? It's so old. I said, bought that for my wife like 10 years ago. This is the first time we're getting it hooked up. It's getting hooked up. Problem is there's so many remotes. I'm not sure what I'm doing. I'm pressing buttons and I'm hearing the blender in the kitchen turn on. I'm like, that's probably not right. Just give me one. Just, just give me one. Here's the one. Forget those things which are behind. Can, can I tell you one of the secrets to forgiving is forgetting? We, we in psych, use modern psychology in the church today. We tell people to forgive and forget. No, the scripture says forget and then you'll forgive. Just, just keep pushing it out. Just keep letting it get small. In your rear view mirror, just let it get smaller and smaller. It's hard to forgive right now because it's right there. I mean, know what I'm talking about. It's, it's big. It's right there in your mirror. But if you forget, it, it begins to fade away. And when, when the enemy tries to bring it back, you just keep forgetting it. Pretty soon, it's not a giant. It's a small thing to forgive. I've literally been there in my life where I have just woke up in the morning and all of a sudden... All of a sudden, Vicki, I just knew I could forgive. And it was such a release, and it was such a, oh, I forgive them. I'm not mad at them anymore. Anybody ever know what I'm talking about? You just just let it go in your rearview mirror. Just forget about it. Just push. You can't fix it, and they can't fix it. So don't, don't wait around for a train that's never going to come. There's a train station in Aurora that's got train tracks next to it. And if you're not careful, you'll go stand at that train track waiting for a train. But if you look down the tracks, they're cut off over there. There are no trains. And if you stand in life looking at yesterday, at what you did, or looking at yesteryear, at what they did, waiting for that train to show up, listen, it's never going to show up. Forget about it. Turn. It's from this day forward. And I'll tell you why I like that so much. Because I've had a few days of my life that have gotten messed up. Anybody else? And on top of that, I've messed up a few days. Oh, come on now. You get that pious look off your face, I'll call you out. I'll call you out right now. You've messed up a few too. And so God says, just, just put an end to it. If somebody made you mad, or you made somebody mad, don't let the sun do, go down in your wrath. Agree with your adversary quickly while thou art in the way with him. Why? Because tomorrow's coming. 
tomorrow's coming. And tomorrow morning, when your alarm clock goes off or you wake up, you can get to the edge of your bed and you can put your feet on the floor. You may have messed up yesterday royally. Somebody may have messed you up really bad last week. But this here is the day that the Lord has made. (laughs) This day right here, not, not that one. I messed that one up bad. And they messed that one up bad. But guess what? From this day forward, this is the day that the Lord has made. I'm setting my heart to rejoice and be glad in it. And and to begin your day with that. From this day forward. And when the enemy tries to pull you into yesterday, you tell him you can keep that garbage. I messed it up, so now it's yours. They messed it up, so now it's yours. This is the day that the Lord has made. I am going to rejoice and be glad in it. I am going to move forward. This morning, I release in you the ability to forgive yourself. And I release in the heavens the ability to forgive others. And to turn your back on yesterday. That ain't who I am anymore. This is who I am right now. And I'm pressing toward the mark of the prize of the high calling of Jesus Christ. The enemy's high calling is back there somewhere. God's high calling is forward. I understand I messed it up. Earlier this was back and that was forward. But you get my drift. I ain't had time to practice this message, okay? I'm having to speak slow because it's coming to me about as fast as it's coming out. But when you do that, it, it, I want to tell you there's a freedom in that. That's not a living in, 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 it, with your head stuck in the sand. There's a freedom in that. I, I can't fix. I can't undo what I did. You may wish that tomorrow morning you could wake up with a new husband. You may wish that you could wake up with a new wife. Your children may wish they had different parents. You may wish you had different children. You may wish you had a different boss. You may, your boss may wish he had different employees. And the hope for all of that is not in yesterday. The hope in all of that is, this is the day. Right here, right here, right now. Can't fix that. Man, did I mess that up yesterday. I'm glad I'm getting a new start today. Today isn't a mixture of, listen, today is not a mixture of all your yesterdays. Unless you let it be. Quit giving your past a future. Your past is not a mixture of all your yesterdays. Your present is not a mixture of all your yesterdays. If you turn around, your present is a mixture of all your tomorrows. And those are untainted. That's the neat thing about God. I can't mess up tomorrow. I did mess up yesterday. So did you. But I haven't messed up tomorrow yet. 
nor next week. I, I messed up last week, but I haven't messed up next week. I got messed up a year ago, but I'm not getting messed up a year from now. Is this making sense to anybody? That is, that is, that is clean, untouched days that are numbered by God, birthed in his heart for you, that he preordained you and I to succeed, the Bible says. He preordained days for you and I to walk in them. So when I sat on the edge of Madeline's bed and I tell her to be quiet, I've got to tell her about God because she's dying at 88 years old without God. And I tell her about Jesus Christ and I ask her if she wants to accept him as her Lord and Savior. She says to me, what took you so long? Because at eight years old, 80 years prior, her grandmother sat on the edge of her bed and said, listen to me, Madeline, as I was praying for you today, I saw a young man come to your bed and he sits on the edge of your bed and he tells you to be quiet. He's got to tell you something. Now, listen to me, Madeline, when he's done, he's going to ask you to pray and accept Jesus. Make sure you tell him yes. And Madeline says, I have waited for you for 80 years. Now, I don't know about you, but that blows my mind. That blows my mind. And literally, as I was sitting in that hospital room, and I'm sitting in the chair, and there's something pushing me to get up and walk over on the edge and sit on her bed. And I keep remembering what they taught us in ministerial school. Never invade their personal space. And whatever you do, never sit on their bed. And something keeps pushing me. And I'm like, get behind me, devil. I know what they teach. That's a space you're not allowed to go in. You may think I'm silly, but I found my butt getting up off of my chair. And she's talking and I'm walking over and I'm thinking... I can't believe I'm doing this. I can't believe this is really happening. I'm sitting down and, Madeline, you got to be quiet for a minute. I got to talk to you. One day here, just a couple of years ago, here's what God spoke to me, and it was simply this The headlines of the newspaper of your life are written in books already on my shelf. I have finished them. He is able to make everything. Everything. Work together for the good. Everything. Yeah, but pastor, everything. Every lie you've told, every lie that's been told on you. Everything. Every harm you've done, every harm that's been done to you. You give it to him. Everything. Everything. You'll know the reason it all happened by the time you get to heaven. You'll fill in some of the blanks now. But when you get to heaven, you'll know everything. 
I shared it with you before, but I'm just prompted, and then I'm closing. Gilbeth and I were newly married. We didn't have a television. And she's, now we have one to watch it as much. And, and she, was, she was doing, I don't even know what you call it. She had a piece of fabric and hooking or something, crocheting and needlepoint. And, and, and I'm laying on the floor reading my Bible, and she's sitting on, on the couch, and she's doing this thing. And, and, and at that time in my life, God was really challenging me about being absolutely honest in everything. That even flattery was a lie. And, and so she's knitting this. And from, from, from my point of view, it looked awful. And, you know, we're newly married. And I found out it doesn't do you good to tick her off. You know, if you can help it, don't do that. <laughs> it just, it just, it's just helpful. If you don't have to, don't. And she's spending a lot of time in that. And I'm laying on the floor and I'm looking up at it. And I'm thinking, you know, one of these days she's going to, she won't let me see the front of it. And I said, I know, oh gosh, God, what am I going to do? What am I going to do when my, my, my young bride finally finishes it? And she, she pulls it and she goes, how do you like this? And I got to say, it's awful. I'm not sure, but I'm not, I'm, I'm pretty well sure that wasn't what she was hoping to hear. But I see the back of it, and, and the colors don't make sense. I can't even tell what it is. It was either Oscar the Grouch or the Cross. I'm not sure. And, and there, were, there were knots on the back of it, you know, and, and it just didn't make any sense. And I'm thinking, oh, my gosh, she's really messing this up bad. And, God, that wife you gave me is going to put me into a corner. I'm not going to lie to her. I'm going to say, you tried to help me, God. Help me come up with the right thing. Isn't that so cute? I love you, baby, and just... I blow over it. I, how am I going to get through this? I'm really getting into a sweat here. And day after day goes by, and she's getting closer and closer to being done. I thought at one point when she went to take a shower, I was going to hide it. And she'd say, what happened to my, my thing? We're living in a one-room apartment. I'm not like, I, somebody else must have come and got it. There's only me and her. We only had two pieces of furniture. It's not like... Okay, you look under that one. I'll look under this one. Okay, tell me what really happened to my crochet. I'm trapped. And I can feel it. She got done. And she showed it to me. And what she made was beautiful. But up until that moment, I was only seeing things from my point of view. All the knots and all the... And, and, and God allowed me to understand something, that, that the end of our life, that's how it works. We see that knot that seems to be ruining the picture. No, that knot needed to be there. That, that we're only seeing part of the picture. And the Bible says in the book of Ecclesiastes that when everything is said and done, we will say to God, everything's perfect. I would add nothing to it. I would take nothing from it. What you did, God, was forever. When's forever? It's unique what that word means there. It doesn't mean for all of eternity. It means from this day forward. Would you stand to your feet this morning? 
That's Bishop Michael Rice, lead pastor of Encounter. More messages from Pastor Rice are available at our website, godenc.com. You can subscribe to our regular podcast through our website or on iTunes. Find us on Facebook under Encounter.